the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Thank you very much for joining us as we get underway now at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Tuesday, the eighth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Peter Kersenow is going to be joining us after his late night work. Oh, it wasn't too terribly late. It was in the eight o'clock hour. But his uh, night uh, night job, he, he the guy's got, I don't know, 17, 18 jobs. One of them is uh, to amaze Tucker Carlson and leave his mouth hanging agape. Uh, that happened again <laughs> last night with Peter Kersenow talking about border security, border walls, the unbelievable, well, not unbelievable. How about this? The very believable if you don't have your head stuck in the sand and unbelievable if you are a liberal Democrat who doesn't want to believe it. Statistics about illegal immigration and how much they hurt the black community, among others, in the United States of America. Peter has all of the numbers and all of the stats. He gave them to Tucker. Tucker sat there just mesmerized. And he'll give them to me and you coming up at about 10.05 this morning. So you got your regular cursing out fix coming up at 10.05. And this first hour is completely and wholly guest free. That means your opportunity to dial is right now. 216-901-0945, We have so many things to talk about today. But you can imagine that the uh, first thing we have to talk about is the thing we have been begging for. On this program over the course of the last month, uh, I, as your humble host, as well as numerous guests, have said, the president needs to get on television. The president needs a primetime Oval Office address. He's got to take the appeal for the, uh, the border wall that we voted for to get it built to the people. He needs to get on TV. He needs to have a whiteboard He needs to have, or, a, or a PowerPoint presentation, whatever it is he has to do, and show the American people the true cost of illegal immigration 
in this country in terms of lives and in terms of dollars and let the American people know how effective the border wall can be, how effective it would be, how effective other walls around the world are at stopping illegal crossings into sovereign territories. He needs to take all of this and share it with America so that they know this isn't just some blind obsession with a campaign promise of three years ago. Four years ago, really, if you go back into 2015 when he first made this this uh, 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 promise that he would build a border wall if he won the presidency. So we've been begging the president to go on TV. Well, guess what's going to happen tonight? The administration is considering declaring a national emergency in an effort to build the wall without congressional approval. Hispanic Caucus Chairman Joaquin Castro went to the border in New Mexico and says Democrats would oppose the president. We would challenge it in every single way that we could, in Congress, in the courts, and otherwise. President Trump will use a primetime address tonight to make his case that a wall is needed to deal with what the administration is calling a humanitarian crisis. Thursday, the president will visit the border. It is, it is, it is no less than a humanitarian crisis. It is not, that's not even close to being strong enough, but it is no less than that. It is much more than a humanitarian crisis. We are talking about lives being lost. We are talking about billions, literally billions of tax dollars being wasted in places they have absolutely no business being spent on illegal immigration. To, to deal with illegal immigration, to, to educate illegal immigrants, to provide them with health care, to provide them with all sorts of government services, to incarcerate them when they come in here and commit crimes. The cost of illegal immigration is staggering. And yes, there is a humanitarian crisis. Do you know, you know, we, a lot of the attention has been paid to the two children who um, lost their lives. Uh, I don't know how to say that. They got sick and died is what happened to them uh, as a result of their parents dragging them on this uh, in this migrant caravan over a 1,000 miles from uh, Central America through Mexico to get to the United States border and then beyond. And these children have been the focus of attention, but it's not just those two kids. Do you know how many people are injured, wounded, get sick, and potentially die making that trek? Whether they're a part of a massive caravan or a smaller number of people, that carrot exists for them. The fact that there's no border barrier means we feel like we can make it. It's worth a try. Yeah, we might run into Border Patrol. Yeah, we might get apprehended. Yeah, we might get arrested and then turn loose while we wait for our hearings. It's worth the try to us. And as long as there is not that physical deterrent from coming to the border, that carrot will exist and more people will suffer. It is a humanitarian crisis. It is many things beyond that as well. But the president is going to address the nation tonight, and the question is, is will he get it? Will he get it? Will he make the type of presentation that I've been calling for for so long and so many of my guests have been? Will he put the information on the screen? Will he give the you know, 100, excuse me, $130 billion figure, roughly, that the Federation for American Immigration Reform has calculated, all sourced, by the by, Nobody makes this stuff up. 
Will he give all of that and put it on the screen to show the American people that this $5 billion border wall investment is nothing? It is the best value that you can get. If you were to invest a dollar on the in the stock market and get you know a hundred thousand dollars return, you wouldn't be getting uh, anywhere near the value you would be getting for a five billion dollar investment and a one hundred and thirty billion dollar annual return. I mean that's that's the truth of the matter here. It is an investment in national security. It's an investment in anti drug programs. It's an investment in anti human trafficking. And it's minor, it's peanuts in the in the larger federal budget. Now, part B of this, of course, and, and by the way, this is my hope, that the president comes out there with a full planned presentation. Do not, Mr. President, and I say this with all due respect to our commander-in-chief, do not come out there and go off script. Do not sit in the Oval Office tonight before the world and make it up as you go. With all due respect, sir, you're not good at that. It does not help your cause. It does not help our cause. If you sit out there and try to speak off the cuff and throw numbers out there like you have in the past off the cuff, uh, illegal immigration costs $250 billion a year in this country. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. We don't need to exaggerate the number because the real number of $130 billion is extraordinary as it is. Don't go out there and try to speak extemporaneously, Mr. S- Mr. President. It's not your strength. Don't say things that are going to be easily fact-checked and make you look like you tried to lie to the American people. Have your entire speech run over by your White House staff in the West Wing by everybody from Mick Mulvaney to Kellyanne Conway to uh, every one of your advisors. Have your speech run through. Have your visual aids uh, prepared for you. Don't go off the cuff. You will harm the cause of getting your border wall if you do. It's, It's really just that simple. The question, though, then becomes, what should the president focus on? Should he focus on fear? Should he focus on cost? Should he focus on jobs? Or should he focus on compassion? Because they're all very different. And they're all accurate. The president needs to point out that the ongoing illegal immigration crisis is one that is causing people to die at the hands of ruthless drug runners, cartel members, drug dealers, and others. People are dying. That should be gang members. That should be the fear element of this. Should he focus on that or just mention it in the passing? Should he focus on the cost, the economics of it all? Like I said, putting a PowerPoint together, breaking down all of the different costs of the excuse me, illegal immigration in this country that lead to the um, $116 to $130 billion figure that we keep citing. Should he focus on jobs? Peter Kirsten and I will be by in less than an hour to talk to me about the unbelievable cost of jobs to people in the low-skilled labor market, blue-collar workers without much skill to go beyond that. 
they are the ones most impacted by illegal immigration because most illegal immigrants come to this country and do what? Pursue the, the only jobs they're really qualified for, especially if they don't speak the language, the blue-collar, low-skilled labor positions. So low-skilled labor Americans lose those jobs, oftentimes being outbid by individuals who will work, will work for far less, especially if it's under the table and no benefits have to be paid. Most of those Americans, disproportionately, are black. Should he focus on the jobs issue? Or should he focus on compassion? There is a humanitarian issue to be dealt with here. Ann Coulter, who I cite from time to time, based on her um, uh, latest uh, commentary, because she's she's a really interesting, to me, she's like a barometer. She's a barometer of the Trump base as far as I'm concerned. She wrote a book supporting the president. She wrote a book about the president, supporting the president, because she has been one of his most ardent supporters. But then she is also not afraid to come down on him and to criticize him if it appears that he is not living up to his promises, including building that border wall. So she's a very interesting barometer, a supporter of the president who isn't afraid to say, This is what you're messing up. She has some advice on Breitbart for the president, and she uh, she says that he must declare this wall to be a compassionate solution. Don't play on the fears. Don't play so much on the money. Play on the compassionate side of this thing. Very interesting. We're going to talk a little bit about that with Peter Kirsten now as well. But I would like to know from you what you would like to hear from the president tonight in this Oval Office address. We'll talk also in a bit, not only about the president's address, but about the Democrats' anger that he's giving an address. And they're demanding equal time. Wait, what? The networks are giving the president of the United States this time, as has been customary. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are making demands for equal time to go on to uh, you know uh, um, uh, every news outlet in America at the same time, saying that they deserve it. Um, does anybody remember Barack Obama once declaring that elections have consequences? Win the presidency and you can get prime time anytime you want it. You haven't won the presidency. Sit down and shut up. Go to your minions on MSNBC or CNN. They'll give you plenty of airtime. But no, you don't get nationwide, uh, every channel, every network coverage. You don't get it because you're not the president. That's not how that works. But they are demanding equal airtime. Since when do they continue to rewrite the rules? But I want to know what you want to hear the president say tonight. Which of those things should he focus upon and which ones should he try to maybe avoid a little bit? And maybe if you want to go off the board, outside of those four things that I just laid out, if you want to go off the board, what do you want to hear from the president tonight? What do you think will be <coughs> excuse me, the most effective in generating American public support for the border security wall? And... Do you think he should use the state of emergency, declaring a state of emergency to fund the wall himself if he can't get Congress to come along? The problem there would be the courts, and we'll talk about that as we continue as well. 20 minutes after 9 o'clock, this is the Bob France Authority. Dial up 216-901-0945. or guest free until 10 when Peter joins us. 888-281-1110. Tweet to me with your answer to those questions on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, France Radio is where you'll find me, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. Also search for Radio Done Right. That'll bring you there as well, all one word. 
And uh, let's get you going and up and on the radio next on AM 1420, The Answer. President makes his pitch tonight on live television for a border security wall, the kind that he promised when he ran for president of the United States, and the kind he was the kind he promised when he won election as our forty fifth president. Vice President Pence convening a meeting with DHS Secretary Nielsen says the White House Council is looking at the option. The Vice President tweeting this. He says, "Told the press today at the White House there is a humanitarian crisis at the southern border, but the Dems are refusing to negotiate. At POTUS and our team are working to end the crisis." So Secure the border and open the federal government. It's time for Democrat leadership to come to the table. Now, only time will tell whether this doubling down will pay off or if we do see this national declaration as a way to begin construction. They don't want to come to the table, to be honest with you. They want nothing to do with a negotiation because they know that all it's going to lead to is uh, the president arguing on behalf of all of the things that we just declared. And if they give in a dollar, they will they will have been out negotiated. They don't want to sit down with them. They want the president to break on his own. That's what they want. They want absolutely no, because they, they have no position on which to stand. That's the most important thing about this. They literally have no tenable position on which to stand because so many of them voted in the uh, in past years uh, for a border fence, for border security. The Border Fence Act of 2006, they supported because they know border barriers work. So now, what changed? What changed? Border fences worked then, but they don't now? Really? They know that the only thing that has changed is Donald Trump is in. And they hate Donald Trump. So they can't let Donald Trump win. That's the bottom line here. So they don't want to negotiate. And that's why they want uh, uh, equal time. Can you believe they're actually demanding equal time? They are not the president. The Democrats' uh, 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 leadership, uh, Pelosi and Schumer, put out a statement last night saying now that the television networks have decided to air the president's address, which if his past statements are any indication will be full of malice and misinformation, Democrats must immediately be given equal airtime. This is not the State of the Union address. Chuck and Nancy, you POSs, that's right. They are perpetually outraged at society. That's POS. You two do not get equal airtime. This is not the State of the Union address in which you give the uh, uh, the uh, the uh, party that's out of power uh, an, an opportunity for a follow-up response. This is an Oval Office address that you have nothing to do with. Sit down, listen to it, and shut up. Or, like I said, go run to Rachel Maddow. Do whatever you got to do. So, the, you know, the, and here's the most frustrating thing, too. Did they ever ask Republicans to come on and give a response to a Barack Obama primetime Oval Office address to the nation? I don't think so. And and Barack Obama gave many, many uh, uh, primetime Oval Office addresses. The president hasn't asked for that for what? I don't know. Has he had one in two years, I want to say? 
Barack Obama held these primetime addresses in 2011, in June of 2011, in May of 2012, in April of 2013, in September of 2013, uh, in October of 2013, in August of 2014, September of 2014, and on and on. December of 2015, the president gave, Obama gave so many Oval Office addresses uh, during his presidency, and Republicans didn't say, oh! on a second we get to come right on every network after he's done and disagree with him that didn't happen the democrats like to write the rules as the game is being played that cannot be allowed to be the case brian is calling us from cleveland on am 1420 the answer brian thanks for waiting you're on the air go ahead hey good morning bob i haven't talked to you since the new year happy new year to you and yours thank um, you and the same quick. to you sir okay uh real quick if the uh, president is well within his constitutional powers to shut down the border or dictate immigration policies and whatnot, then what what balance do these circuit court judges have to tell him that you're not allowed to do this? You know, I was listening to a little bit of uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano on that this morning. Um, to declare a state of emergency requires some very specific um, uh, points being met or, or standards being met. And, and I can't quote them because I didn't write them down as he spoke them, but it made a lot of sense, um, you know, in terms of, uh, it has to be a pressing emergency that, that has Americans in peril that cannot be stopped by traditional or existing courses of action. Meaning, uh, you know, if we don't already have laws in place or even a military response or whatever, uh, then maybe you can declare a national emergency in which something that is unusual and unnatural in government that, that would have to be done in order to, to meet that emergency. And what a, okay. what a, what an opponent could do is say, that is not true. It is not a state of emergency. There is not an immediate threat to lives. There is not an immediate threat to property. There is not an immediate threat to this, that, or the other. That we can't meet without this declaration of national emergency and then moving of funds to deal with it. So it, it would immediately go before a judge uh, to determine whether or not okay. the president was right or not. Sadly, that's the way that part of it works. Gotcha. Real quick, can I get a follow-up real fast? Yeah, yeah, I of course. I seen a real good one online the other day. It said uh, pretty much, uh, if fences don't work, why does the law require me to keep one around my pool? Uh, uh, I missed that. Around what? Around my swimming pool. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I like that. Very well done. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, if, uh, there are a lot of those great memes. If walls don't work, then why? If and then why? There's a ton of those. I had not heard that one before, though. I like that. Then why do they make me put a fence around my pool? Well done, sir. Uh, I got a lot of calls on hold. If you're there, I see you there. I'm coming to you right away after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Tips. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed it is. Thanks so much for joining us. It's 935. So what is it that the president can and can't do? The last caller was asking that very question uh, about whether or not the president can uh, declare a state of emergency and uh, what the, the courts can do about it or what they can do to try to stop him. I mentioned uh, uh, to that caller that Judge Andrew Napolitano, I heard giving explanation of this this morning, 
Um, but I didn't have it memorized as to, as to what it was. I'm going to see if I can grab a little short clip of this. It's kind of on the fly, so bear with me. I'm going to try to get uh, a little bit of his, his response. He was on Fox and Friends this morning. Let me see if we can, uh, if we can make this work. State of emergency. We don't know what the president's going to say, but Sean Hannity last night was saying he's urging him to declare a state of emergency. Should he? Well, he can declare a state of emergency, but the declaration itself does not give him the power to take private property and according to Congressman Will Hurd, Republican of Texas, through whose district most of the wall would go, most of the property the federal government doesn't own, so they have to condemn it and pay for it. He can't do that without congressional authorization. He can't spend money without congressional authorization. The the emergency... The private property part is very interesting to me, by the way. Congressman Hurd talking about, you know, the fact that so many um, uh, uh, American property owners, you know, cattle ranchers, mostly, down there on the border in Texas and in New Mexico, Arizona, California... Um, that they may not want border walls being built on their property, which would be very strange to me because I was in Washington, D.C. two months ago talking to cattle ranchers from Texas and New Mexico and Arizona, and they were talking about how unbelievably horrific the conditions on their own property uh, are because of the uh, illegal immigration. Uh, the illegal immigrants just, just traveling through their property, leaving behind a trail of filth, uh, their filth is is uh, creating toxic water supplies for their animals, for their cattle, and all kinds of other things. They I mean they have just they, they're afraid to go out of their own uh, homes onto their properties because they don't know what desperate illegal immigrant criminals they're going to run into who might be willing to you know fire upon them uh, rather than be caught by them and be reported to border control or patrol. So I, I'd be really stunned if anybody who is a property owner down there, wouldn't be willing to cede some of that property. And, yeah, they'd have to pay for it. The, the federal government would have to pay for that property. It's part of, you know, uh, uh, eminent domain. But I'd be really surprised that they, that they would even make them uh, use eminent domain, that they would agree to a reasonable price to use some of that property to build the fence upon. Uh, but at any rate, here's the rest of what the judge had to say. See declaration, and he has to make the case for it tonight, otherwise the courts will second-guess him. The emergency declaration allows him to mobilize assets, but it doesn't allow him to take or occupy property, and it doesn't allow him to spend money that Congress hasn't authorized. Think about it. If the president, frustrated by Congress could declare a national emergency and go around Congress. We would have seen this before. Barack Obama would have declared a national emergency in health care and started spending money on insurance policies to keep people healthy. And obviously he didn't because he couldn't. It sounds as... So, again, there would be a court challenge to this. Is it really a national emergency or is the president wrong about that? There would be a court challenge to that. The only thing that I could, again, and I'm guilty sometimes of oversimplifying, but I just look at these things from a you know, through the lens of, uh, uh, of common sense, the president is given unilateral authority to make these decisions. He doesn't have to prove what the judge is saying. He, the judge knows more than I do. I fully acknowledge that. But the, the president should not have to, by way of the Immigration and Nationality Act, should not have to make that case and prove that this is why it is um, uh, detrimental to the United States. It's in his judgment, according to the law, a past Congressional statute signed into law in 1952 says that the president, if he deems it necessary to to uh, block out and suspend the entry of any or all aliens or class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants from coming into the United States um, for whatever period as he shall deem necessary, he has the ability to do that. He doesn't have to say, well, what do you think, judge? 
not Napolitano, I mean in a, in a court, uh, that may challenge this. What do you think, Democrats in Congress? He really doesn't have to, according to the law. He can make this decision on his own. But can he appropriate funds that Congress has appropriated for other purposes while he makes that declaration. I guess that's the part that we're going to have to talk to an attorney like Peter Kirshnow about coming up in a bit. All right, back to the phones. William uh, in uh, Cleveland, you are on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, William, go ahead. Hey, Bob, I want to talk about Americans' responsibility in this. Sure. If we could get 20% of the population to stop smoking and snorting that junk, that go to a big way to stopping some of these problems. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, if you if you decrease with their sex perversions and stuff, all this sex trade going on in America, it's coming over here for a reason. Yeah, there's a supply and a demand equation. You're right about that. If the demand for these drugs and other things weren't so high, the supply wouldn't be flowing across the border. That part is true, but nonetheless, those things exist in a free country, and uh, we have to find a way to stop it. Hello. Yeah, I'm listening. Go ahead. You still there? No, I think uh, his phone dropped and he didn't realize it. Apologies to you, William. Uh, I did not hang up on you if you're still listening to the radio. Um, I was waiting for your next response, but uh, sometimes technology gets in the way. Cleveland, next stop. Frank, you are on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Frank, go ahead. Hi, thanks. Thank you. I believe a corollary or a long parallel with the president, the, the Senate has to work on discipline, we can have a spirit of pride. Uh, recently, a woman in Congress, a new one, we know about her, of course. Yeah. She uh, did something, and I have not heard a word or any news about any discipline going on here, any kind of a censure. So we have to believe, I believe we have to start in the Senate with a move to come up with some discipline in this situation. And it's got to start with, of course, the Senate, because that's where we have some help. Uh, mechanically, McConnell, he's not much help anymore as far as I'm concerned, but it's got to start there. The, uh, the situation being that that foul language that was used should not be tolerated in Congress at any time, whether for a male or a female there. And if we don't, if we don't work on that right now, that's something the Senate should do. It would be a big supporting role to the president. It's a period of silence that's happened ever since that. They just tolerate her. Well, I mean, but what are they supposed to do? First of all, she's not in the Senate. You're talking about McConnell. She's a representative. She's on the House side. I know that. I know. I understand, Bob. But the problem is we have Pelosi in the House. She would never tolerate anything about this. So it's got to begin. It should, should, I believe, the only place is the Senate where someone might be of a mind to agree with us. But we need pride. The whole nation, last that foul language used by that congresswoman, it it just, to me, it just put a big hole, a wound in every American citizen. Okay, anyone that's concerned about doctors. And so we need, and it's got to be getting the Senate. They've got to come up with a discipline, a reprimand. For example, I would suggest she should be unable to speak to anything in Congress for 30 days minimum, only to give a yay or no vote on, on issues, if she has to vote, of course, that's what they're, they're paid to pay the vote. But other than that, there should be that this at least that minimum discipline of a 30-day... Let, let, let Frank, let me, let me jump in and respond to some of this, because here's... I, I, listen, to your point, 
I want to say I respect it. I do. I, I respect it because I, too, was disgusted by the fact that uh, she would feel so emboldened to use that language about the President of the United States in a public manner uh, when she knew she was being recorded by tons of cell phones as she spoke before her supporters on her first day in Congress. I was repulsed by that, too. Uh, I think it's undisciplined. I think it's unnecessary, and I think it's wrong. I'm with you. All right? Having said that, do we want to be in the business of deciding the way the left does which speech is subject to discipline and which speech is not? In a strange way, what what you're talking about and what many of us would like to do, force discipline upon these people who are elected representatives, force them to be more respectful, uh, force them to use proper language and not vile uh, profanities and vulgarities. We're, We're doing what the left does. We're saying some speech is okay, but not all speech. And free speech needs to be exactly that. So what I think, I don't think we need to go to the Senate and tell them, find a punishment for members of Congress. And again, the Senate has no sway whatsoever over the House. It would have to be the House in this case. You're right, Nancy Pelosi would do nothing. Nancy Pelosi, by the way, for her part in all of this, it should be pointed out, is terrified of the new young blood Democrats in the House. She's the old guard, and it took everything that she could do to hold on to her power position and retake that gavel after eight years. The young blood, the Ocasio-Cortez and the Rashida Tlaibs and you know the others who are a part of that movement, they, they don't want to be kept down, if you will, by Nancy Pelosi and the old guard. And, and they have a lot of power, and they have a lot of popularity. They own social media. Things like that terrify Nancy Pelosi. That's why when Pelosi was asked if she would reprimand Rashida Tlaib for calling the president a mother blanker in that horrific statement, she said, I'm not in the business of censoring people. That's her way of saying I can't support her what she said, but I'm not going to condemn her for it, too, because I don't need to be on the wrong side of my party, the young, popular crowd in my party. Okay, so it's not going to happen there. It can't happen in the Senate. And I would argue that it probably shouldn't happen anywhere from an official standpoint. Yes, should there be public reprimands? Should, in my estimation, the best way to deal with people like that is to shame them, publicly shame them and, and embarrass them to the point where, you know, they will apologize or they will think twice about the way they use their language and so on and so forth. To me, I don't think a, an actual disciplinary, you're not allowed to speak on a various uh, matter of legislation for 30 days. I don't think any of that would actually work because that's not what we are. Because as soon as they say, well, you reprimanded and disciplined our representative for using that term, which you found so wholly offensive, well, I found this term wholly offensive used by person X on the right, on the the Republican side. And so who's to determine which one is offensive enough? Are we going to have a list of words that are offensive enough uh, to be reprimanded and a list of words that aren't? I don't want to get into that. The First Amendment protected free speech not because it wanted it needed to protect flowery speech. Flowery speech does not need protection. Terrible speech does. And that's where I think we're going to have a problem. I think public shaming is what's going to uh, perhaps be the best course of action there. Let's go to uh, Todd, who's calling us from Florida on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Todd, go ahead. 
Hi, Bob. I want to commend you for defending freedom of speech. You call Nancy and Chuck Schumer POSs. We know what it means. And you have the right to say Perpetually it. outraged so, at society. That's who they are. Yeah, right. Yeah, we know what POS means. Come on. I just told you what it meant. Whatever. I just told you what it meant. Whatever. Okay, sometimes I, I use sometimes I use PPO, which is perpetually uh, party of perpetual outrage. Uh, okay, sometimes but all POS. I'm saying yeah. is Chuck and Nancy are just trying to defend Donald Trump. He campaigned on building a wall, and Mexico would pay for it. All Chuck and Nancy are saying is Mexico will pay for it. This is what Donald promised. You don't mention the right doesn't mention anymore. Donald saying. Mexico will pay for the wall. You just talk about the wall. Well, Another thing two, you don't talk two, about. Two, yes, two things. I'm sorry. No, no. Two, well, go ahead and finish that, and then I'll respond to both of them. Go, what's the the other thing? thing is that the habitual lying about the situation on the border. Last night, Kellyanne Conway at least went on Loringram and made the comment about the 4,000 terrorists crossing the border was an unfortunate misstatement. So she basically retracted it. But it hasn't been retracted by Sarah Huckabee Sanders. It hasn't been retracted by Mike Pence. And it hasn't been retracted by Kristen Nielsen. But they're lying. Well, let me ask you this, Todd. Let me ask you this. How many, let me ask you this. How many terrorists would you say is an acceptable amount to cross the border? The 41 that have come from Canada in the same time period. No, 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 you're not, you're not no, no, answer my question. How many, zero. how many, t- zero. zero. Okay, Th- then we but are in agreement on that. So whether it's 4,000 or 40 or 400 or four, um, it only took 19 terrorists to get into this country, Todd, as you realize, to take down two buildings and kill 3,000 people. It took 19 terrorists getting into this country. We don't need terrorists in this country. We do know that terrorists come to this country by way of our southern border. They make their way through various means and channels into Central America, and they migrate northward through Mexico to cross our southern border in the same way that the migrant farm worker does who just wants to come here and pick uh, fruits and vegetables. They, they cross the same way. So whether it's 4,000 or 40, to me, the, 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 the number should be zero. And that's incumbent upon our government to do everything they can to make sure it is zero. Why? What is job number one of the federal government? To protect the people. Not to feed the people, not to clothe the people, not to house the people, not to provide the people health care. Because none of those things are possible if the people are dead. Job number one is to protect the people. And that means securing our borders so that nobody comes here unrecognized and uninvited. Because Lord knows what they're going to do when they get here. So that's number one. To your previous point, which I'll call number two, even though we're going out of order, about um, Mexico paying for it. You know what the president did not promise when he made that promise about Mexico paying for it? He never said the words up front. He never said Mexico is going to pay for it out in front, that they're going to put a down payment on it. He said Mexico is going to pay for it. And Mexico can indeed still be made to pay for it in any number of ways, including, as the president has correctly pointed out, with the new uh, North American uh, uh, trade agreement, not NAFTA, but the new uh, uh, America, United States, Mexico, Canada trade agreement. That is much more favorable to the United States, with billions more coming into the United States from Mexico as opposed to going out. So there are many ways 
that can that uh, Mexico can pay for it retroactively. The president never said they were going to come up shooting with the funds and write a check first. He said Mexico will pay for it, and it absolutely can be that way. And until it is proven that they that that they are not that we are not seeing much stronger revenues trade revenues coming in, uh, undoing the imbalance that we had suffered previously under NAFTA, until we see proof of that, then I'm going to give the president the benefit of the doubt. So I appreciate your attempts, uh, and you're welcome to call back anytime and make those attempts, but uh, uh, no, you're, you're, you're pretty much 0 for 2. Uh, Mexico can indeed still pay for the wall, and guess what? I don't care if it's 4,000 terrorists or if it's 40 terrorists, one is too many. If you're on hold, stay there. i got more for you, if you've got more for me. And then I've got cursing out for all of us coming up at 10.05 right here on AM 1420, The Answer. This station. This is really an appropriate song for somebody who's been on hold a long time, right? Hold the line. Is that intentional there, uh, Samuel? DJ uh, Airman, Pastor Samuel Lockhart. Is that intentional? Ron in Brook Park being Toto for us and holding the line. You're on the air. Hey, Ron, go ahead. Morning, Bob. How you doing? Good, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Same to you. Um, listen, I got a couple of points here, okay? Uh, the four things that you mentioned, the four PowerPoints, you're spot on. But I'd like to throw one more thing into the mix, okay? Mm-hmm. Sure. I'd like him to go on TV tonight, and I'd like him to publicly invite Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to take a ride with him on Air Force One on Thursday down to the border and talk to the border agents, talk to the ranchers down there, and then I know they're going to turn it down, but expose them for the liars and the fools that they are. Put them on the spot and say, hey, if you think, you're always saying that I exaggerate, and I'm the president talking, you two are always saying I'm exaggerating things. Well, let's take a ride on Air Force One. Let's go down there and talk to the people on the front lines and then come back and tell the American people that I'm exaggerating. I'd like to see them do that. Put them right on the spot. And the second thing I was going to say is I have relatives that live in uh, in Arizona, right on the border. All right? They would gladly give property to the federal government because everything you said was true about the uh, you know how they destroy property and they're afraid to go out and everything else. They would give property to the federal government to build a wall down there. Now, I can't speak for everybody along the border, but with the properties that those people own, you're talking thousands of acres. We're not talking 50-foot lots down there. We're talking those ranchers own thousands of acres. That, giving up that's a, right. a few, Giving up a few acres for a wall, I don't think he would have any problem with that. And like I said, only speaking for my family, they would give the property to the government if they would promise to build a wall down there. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ranchers who would agree with that. But for whatever reason, the the congressman heard who represents uh, a lot of those di- that that district down there, or those districts down there. I don't know exactly where his district begins and ends, and how many ranchers that encompasses. But he essentially is saying that he's arguing on behalf of them. So maybe there are some of them who don't want that wall on their property. Um, but I've heard enough of them. Like I said, when I was in D.C. Uh, back in September, telling me about the horror stories uh, that they have to deal with. I can't imagine. I all of them would be like you said i'll give you the land just build the doggone thing and keep these people off of my property and stop them from doing the damage that they're doing i, th- I think so too i really do and, and the ones that don't well you know eminent domain then we'll give you the they, if you have to you have to that's exactly they right have. you give them fair value for it and you and you move on because it is in there the best go. interest of the nation your first point by the way ron brilliant 
absolutely brilliant. I would love for the president to get on TV and publicly invite them and say, you know what? We will make sure that we go down there and talk to random Border Patrol workers, Border Patrol agents. I won't be handpicked. I don't know what their politics are. I don't know who they are. Let's ask them what they face, and let's ask them if a border security wall would make their jobs better, easier, and more effective to stop people from coming into this country. Let's go down and and do the Pepsi challenge. Let's just ask random Border Patrol what they think, and are you willing to do that with me? And of course, you're right. They'll they'll reject it, and that'll make them look as uh, you know as dishonest and as coward, cowardly as we know them to be. You had a you had a guest on when you was in D.C. and I think he was a 21 year border, and he had a Spanish uh, surname. Okay, yeah. And I remember him saying he was a border patrol agent for 21 years. And you ask him, "Do you want a wall?" He said, "Absolutely." Yeah, Absolutely. everyone I've ever talked to has said that. Everyone, right. not only there in in D.C., but uh, but beyond that as well. And if you really, uh, if you watch the cable news, even even um, MSNBC, Ron, and CNN, they can't produce border patrol agents as guests who say a wall won't work. If they right. could, they'd they'd blast them all over the airwaves. You've oh, yeah. never seen one of them, but you do see Fox putting them on, saying, "Of course, a border border wall would be effective. It's the it's easily the best tool that we would have." So, Absolutely. so you know, yeah, it, it, that's very, very telling. Ron, I got to get out because I got news here. Great phone call, great suggestion. Thank you, my friend. Back after this, Kirsten Now on AM fourteen twenty. The three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.